Hello everyone and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nishtad Saturyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. Our guest today was Aram Kocharyan, the founder and CEO of LayerSwap, a blockchain startup based here in Armenia. We spoke about Aram's journey as an engineer, how he entered the blockchain space, and what problems LayerSwap is working to solve. We also discussed a new initiative that he and other members from Armenia's crypto community have started to advance the state of cryptography research in Armenia. Aram, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, hey everyone. Nice. Thank you for inviting me here. It's, it's really awesome and I'm very excited to tell all the horrible stories that you met like during the way of founding a startup so awesome <laughs> I, think, I think this is going to be one of our more interesting conversations yeah let's, let's try i will try my best yeah all right let's start with a little bit of your background uh, how'd you how'd you get into the blockchain space very hard question so from from where do you want me to start let's start with your university years what did you study? Uh, uh, I studied at Yerevan State University, like applied mathematics, but I dropped out. Okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah. What year did Actually, you this is a very interesting story I'm going to tell you. So I, I was really good at engineering, like starting from maybe 14 or 15 years old. So I, I, I enjoyed programming. It was like all in my blood. So then I went to university and the thing that I was expecting from u- university was, oh, I'm going to meet like similar people like me. Yeah. It's going to awesome like all the time we are going to code, etc., etc. And then yeah, one of my programming professors, like first day, right? He entered into room and like, no, hello. How are you guys? Just nothing. Like this very sad face that like we are going to kill him, this kind of face. And he just started talking about his topic. Just yeah. started talking, like no one is listening and yeah. everything is continuing. And I'm sitting there, he's explaining something. I'm trying to understand what is happening. I didn't understand anything. Then he he actually was explaining, uh, you know, what is SQRT? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So he was explaining this and I had like very natural question, like how the fuck this works. Yeah. And I asked this during the lecture and he was like, he looked at me like I was like the worst horrible person in the world and yeah. say, go home and learn it in the home. You don't have to ask questions. Here. Right. And I was okay. So what's the point of being here? Yeah. And I, I was like, honestly, it was not something like I was thinking it rationally. Now I'm thinking it rationally why everything happened. But at that, at that time I was just impulsive, right? So someone like said something like this to me i was like okay i'm not going to learn here i i went playing games Mm -hmm. Uh, i spent like two years playing games and then i went to army came back from army and started learning all all myself and then you started being software engineer for more than 10 years already what year of university did you end up dropping out Oh, it's first. First it's year. Ju- from first part, like how you say it. The first first year? First yeah. Semester, first semester? You dropped yeah. out. And you went to the army? You served yeah, for two uh, no, years? No, I played games. It's very oh, you important games thing. First, yeah. Yeah. I played about one year games. What were you playing? I was playing mainly Dota. Yeah. Dota 2. Yeah. yeah. Did that... At that time, there was Dota 1, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say that was so important for you? Oh, playing games is a very important thing for the life. Okay. It's a super Explain. important thing because, because even for startups, I will say this for the startups, right? For the startups, the first thing to do is to understand in what game you are right now. Mm. It's very important. There, because you always are in some kind of game. Yeah. You have to understand the game. 
you have to understand the rules of the game and you have to be very good at this game if you want to win. And basically why this is very important is Besides that it's letting to you letting you to have a very good decisions during your like startup path. Yeah. Also it's making you more um, let's say you are not taking more stress out of something because you're just fucking playing a game, right? Yeah. I mean if someone says no to you, okay, fuck you. This is this game, right? So yeah, it's very important. It's just mindset, right? Yeah. So I think it's very important mindset, yeah. And especially if it's a strategy-based game like Dota, I guess. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, it's totally the same game. Yeah, you you have some decisions. You do these decisions. You you are not sure that these decisions are going to be the perfect decisions. Yeah, but you have to act fast. You act and have to act precisely. Yeah, and if you do good things, good things will happen. Yeah. Do you think playing games sparked your interest in just being involved in engineering and computers as well, or? Was that separate? No, I think it's separate. Yeah. I think there there is some relationship between games and between developing. Yeah. But overall, I think games are more about... I think games are more about like to living your life correctly. Hmm. I believe so, yeah. Fascinating. Then you ended up going to the Army, coming back. You started working as an engineer. What type of companies were you working at? Uh, it's a very small company. They were doing... Uh, software engineering for ERP systems. You know, oh. ERP mm -hmm. is the enterprise. Resource yeah. planning. Yeah, so uh, this was my start that I started doing. And this this was basically the place that I started discovering myself because I, I didn't understand who I am. Yeah. And once I joined this company, I was thinking like I am the worst person in the world in terms of I, I can't do anything. Yeah. Like I, I am college dropout and etc. I just know how to play games, right? How'd you end up getting the job even though you were a dropout? Oh yeah, I, I just went to the interview. Yeah. So uh, the guy who was uh, this very nice guy, so he was asking me questions like, uh, "You dropped out?" And I am yes, I dropped out. And he's all oh, this is horrible and etc. But he asked some questions. And I asked for, like, I'm asking you, and I don't know, he just liked me. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no background at all. Yeah. But I, I honestly, I, but at that time, I didn't have a degree, but honestly, I, I had very much experience in yeah. computer uh, computers and development. Programming, so, yeah. yeah. Do you, what year was that, your first job? 2009. 2009, okay. Do you remember when you first discovered Bitcoin or blockchains? Oh, yeah, it was 2015. 2015. 14, yeah, okay. 14. Uh, what what was your first experience with it? How did you come across? Oh, I, I I knew about Bitcoin for a long time, actually long before that, but I didn't have like much deeper understanding about this. Yeah. So the first real interaction was one of my friends raised capital to build a centralized exchange like Binance mm -hmm. or like Kraken and Coinbase in Armenia. Uh, the guy is Armenian. He was in Chicago, but he actually hired me here. So he said, "Like, can you build a centralized exchange?" Yeah. And at that time, and I think it's very, uh, it's going to be very good advice to everyone, like the junior software engineers. So you never say no. Whoever saying to you, "Like, can you build this?" Your answer is always yes, no matter. It's like you, you know how to do it or yeah. not. You say yes, and then you eat shit, but you do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. There's no better way to learn. Yeah. So yeah. he asked me, can you do it? It's honestly, it's very super complex system, right? So basically, like centralized exchange is too big, uh, too big complex system. One system is trading engine, which which you can see in running and Nasdaq, yeah. like everywhere. It's very complex system. These order books, yeah. how the orders going to be executed in market and etc. The market and, makers, yeah, market makers and etc. And also the second biggest complex thing is the integrations with blockchains. Hmm. So you have to understand very well Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, and not only Bitcoin and Ethereum. Right. There are like hundred more layer ones, and you have to understand all of them so you can integrate them into. Because when you're buying a coin from the exchange, that still needs to be transferred from some wallet to the, your the customer's wallet. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's more specifically yeah. the interaction with blockchains for centralized exchanges are happening during only deposit and withdrawal. So right. once you are doing a deposit of Bitcoin, then there is interaction with blockchain. Right. And then when you buy bought Bitcoin, and yeah. then you withdraw, then you have your Bitcoin. So before this, did you have any blockchain development experience? Nah. Nah, How'd you learn it? I, I don't know. Just trying. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah, just trying. Just yeah. trying. I think that's a super important culture to develop in Armenia. A lot of times when I interact with junior engineers in Armenia, I get the sense that they feel like they need to go read these 10 books or do all these courses and work for five years at this company before they can even try doing this project. But the best way to actually learn the pro to, to learn to fast track all of that and go from zero to one, as they say, is to just dive in and, as you said, eat shit and just yeah. figure it out along the way and learn that so much yeah, faster. Totally, yeah, totally. Exactly. And, you know, basically... But there's a fear of failure, I feel like, yeah. especially here yeah. often. It's in yeah. general for life and etc. Yeah. But it's game, right? You, yeah. you just, like lose a game and you can start a new one. Right? And what's the worst that could happen? Like, yeah. Especially if you're 22, 23 years old, like, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing yeah. worse going to happen. It's, uh, it's actually very fascinating. Like, like eighteen years old, nineteen years yeah. old, they are talking about life. Like, this, their yeah, life yeah. is going to end. Oh, yeah. come on! You're nineteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> started it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's super interesting. So, the centralized exchange ever end up launching? Yeah, it it end up launching. We actually had very horrible stories there. Once we got hacked. And we basically lo lost about a million dollar on of user funds. Wow! Yeah, it, it was crazy day. Were you a founder of this company? No, or? I was director of engineering. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually a very interesting story. So we built a centralized exchange. We shipped this exchange. Everything is running. Everything is fine. We are getting our traction. A lot of users coming in. A lot of volume, etc. It's very fun. And my, my founder is telling me, "Hey, Aram, you've done a really good job. So I am paying your trip. Come over to US. Yeah. We'll." Uh, we'll, we'll like uh, yeah <laughs> have fun here so he's buying me tickets i'm flying to us we are going to vegas and the first day we enter to vegas i'm like oh because he knows vegas or what is happening here and etc and and exactly the first day we entered vegas i am receiving some notifications in my phone so as a software engineer you basically always connect your phone yeah. to some logs or alert yeah. and i'm seeing like a lot of like transactions and the first reaction for me is like okay so it's maybe a lot of users yeah but it was very suspicious i went to my room and i started digging deeper and i found out that the, the, we've been hacked yeah uh, it was horrible man <laughs> so yeah i went to my founder and said okay so we are we are hacked he is like how how much we lost like i say it's about a million 
And yeah, it's, 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 it was a very horrible thing. But I, I think yeah. we managed to do it very good. So the problem there was that it was totally my failure. So, I mean, you are software, like yeah, yeah. director of engineering, right? So if something wrong is the software, so you it's are responsible you. Yeah. for it. And basically, I knew the guy who wrote this piece of code yeah. that caused the problem. And I was always about this uh, thinking in my head, should I tell him this or shouldn't I tell him this? Mm. Because this very hard problem, right? So you can tell him, you know, you've done this problem, so see how important is to write a correct code, right. right? So it will be very learning lesson for him. But what if it will break him, right? right? Because, I mean, it will be very stressful thing for him to end. I, I end up not telling him. Oh, really? Yeah. If he listens to this podcast, he might know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling names, right? Is the exchange still around? Uh, so exchange got sold to okay. one Ukrainian guy, with yeah. very rich guy. Mm -hmm. And this guy was basically... He he used to run uh, traditional um, like forex exchanges, okay, yeah. and he was thinking how to enter to central uh, to blockchain world. Yeah, and he basically bought the company and yeah, and took it from there. Yeah, awesome. So let's get to your startup today. By the way, I, before we do that, I mean, anyone in Armenia or just in general who's listening to this and is early on in their career should really take a lesson from you that. You know, look, you took on that project, you were director of engineering, and you had something that, as you say, was really a, a big uh, mess up that was on you, but it didn't end your career. Oh, I mean, come on. No, your, of your course Your career not. is way ahead now than it was back then. You're a founder, you've raised millions, and yeah. you're on your way to doing <laughs> Of to course great no, things. Yeah. Of course not. And it, it's actually changed you. Yeah. So the important lesson here is if you handle something that is relatively very hard for you to handle, for example, yeah. at that time, losing a million for my failure was relatively very hard thing for me to handle. It's not right now, but it was yeah. at that time. If you face something like this, if you come out, uh, come out, out of this like clean in terms of you, you like accept your failure and you, you say i'm i'm human man like well, i i yeah. can be wrong right it yeah. is possible then you you are no more in fights with you and yeah. it's making things more easier yeah of course i i i think i can do more like maybe 100 more fuck ups and still be in the surface of the water right yeah yeah and listen if you never try to do something in which there's a risk of messing up then you might as well not live your life like, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a very good point Awesome. Okay, so let's get to to layer swap. Um, is, are there any important experiences that we we didn't touch on, or before getting to layer swap, or? Well, I'm not sure. Any other blockchain experience before starting your company? No, that's that was pretty much it. So honestly, I I think also this is very important for our listeners as well. I never owned any crypto asset, and cool. I don't even own right now. I own right now a multi-million company right now in blockchain space, but I don't own any crypto, crypto right yourself. Yeah. yeah, and the, the the reason I am saying, and I, I, I always say this, I said it in a couple of meetings as well, a couple of panel discussions, so it's very important to right now focus on technology, no. don't focus on speculations. And the values. So of yeah, clients, so yeah. the only thing that we have to do right now, we have to better understand the technology yeah. and not to better understand what is Bitcoin price. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter right now. Yeah, a few years pass and you end up starting LayerSwap mm -hmm. along with your co-founders. 
Uh, tell us the founding story. Why did you guys decide to do a, a company in this space? Yeah, so we are three very good friends, actually, Bobkin, Ruben, and me. We've been working together for all these companies that I said to you. We, we've been starting yeah. together. Uh, and we always have this dream, to be honest. It was not dream. Maybe we, yeah, we, to 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 just it was the goal to fund a good startup. It was we 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 were ga- gathering together, generating some random ideas, yeah. trying to do something, etc. I don't know. I bought maybe like more than hundred domains, like with for yeah. other startups. But uh, yeah, and I think the craziest thing is that we are right now we are looking back, and the layer swap is maybe not the. Not the best of ideas. Hmm. Yeah, we, we had like better ideas, but the problem that we have back then was we were focused on ideas. Hmm. It's, not, it's not important at all. Yeah, it's ideas like everyone can have can have ideas. Like everyone, literally everyone, just go outside, just pick a random guy in in the street, ask something, he will have a crazy Brilliant good idea. idea. Yeah. 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 Then what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the execution that matters. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's execution and also the craziest thing is that you have to work good with your co-founders. Yeah. Because it's really hard. Once you get some money into your bank account, once you get some partners into account, once you are playing a bit more complex and big game, yeah. there are always rising a lot of concerns. Like a lot of concern. It even like we are friends. We are like they are one of my best friends right now. Yeah. But we have a lot of horrible discussions, man. Horrible. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like if someone told me that you are going to have these discussions, I will say, it's no way. I can't have these kind of discussions with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it was very challenging to handle this. Yeah. It's very. Important. Do you mean horrible conversations? Like it's hor- horrible topics to discuss. Horrible with your topics. Friend? Yeah. Yeah. Can you give an example? Yeah, I can give you an example. So. We had this idea, so we raised a lot of money actually, and we were, we were thinking. Personally, me, I was thinking, okay, so we have a lot of money, so we know how to grow the company, we know who to hire, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But beside the business, beside the startup, we as uh, individuals have some social responsibility over some areas over our community. Yeah. And I was, I was having this kind of pressure on me that I have to. Like invest in some, uh, in, invest in like uh, small projects. I have to donate in some projects, yeah. etc. I have huge like pressure, fr- uh, like in me from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you feel the need to. Yeah, and, give back. and yeah, and my other co-founder was not feeling in this way at all. He was telling this is not the way that the world works. You even if you donate, even even if you. Uh, like give just random donation it's not going to help he was telling me like you know you have to create a better market create uh, so it can naturally and organically build right i was not believing it but i think it ends up that he was right and i was wrong because honestly so i done a lot of contributions since last one year so i'm not going to tell the names but i done a lot of contributions and all of them fucked up Mm. all of them because it was very easy money for them. Yeah. It was very easy. And when they received this money, they were thinking, okay, so right now we are the gods of the world. And right. they started doing... Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of successful people actually are telling, I not consider me successful yet, but a lot of very successful people, what are they telling is 
don't go to the skies if you have like some few successes you always have to be like in the ground yeah. so you you don't have to think big about yourself it's it's horrible thing to do it's the problem of getting money before you're ready to get money yes. i mean the projects that exactly you, yeah that's a, a problem that i think is as old as time okay so tell us about layer swap what is it that you guys do yeah so at layer swap we are right now building an infrastructure for blockchain scaling solutions and to better understand what we are doing, we, we have to go back to understand, uh, maybe to understand what is blockchain itself and in this context. So basically what I love to explain what is the blockchain, it just trustless decentralized database and yeah. that's it. And it's the only database that's running in a couple of nodes. There are some algorithms that are making sure that no one can fuck up this database. Yeah. So it's basically just very big, very, very big database like distributed among the all the world, right? Yeah. And then if you see here, like you you basically have one database and you have like thousand applications running on this database, right? So it's very natural to see that this is that this is a huge problem. Right now you have thousand applications. What if you have hundred thousand applications, right? right? Your database is still one. Yeah. And one notable thing to add here is the database is not only storing the data. Actually, back then, when we were doing like MySQL databases or SQL Server databases at that time, we used to write stored procedures. Mm -hmm. You know about them? No. You basically write a code inside the database, mm -hmm. which is getting executed. So basically, computation and storing the data is inside the database. Right. So it's exactly the case with blockchain and especially with Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So the computation, whatever your application is computing, let's say it's computing some average number, right? Yeah is inside the database. Mm -hmm. So you can see here, like if you have like 100,000 or million applications, yeah. like all this load is going to end up into Ethereum. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe like very smart developers actually invented a layer one term. So basically it means that this is a layer one. This is layer one, most trusted, most decentralized blockchain, Ethereum. And then they said, okay, so let's take out computation into application right. and just write data into the database. Right. And we used to do back the same with the software. In classical. Yeah, uh, in the classical world. We yeah. used to do the same. We initially wrote all these stored procedures inside right. database. Then we yeah. took them out into our applications. Yeah. So we don't add a lot into the database. Yeah. Yeah. So taking them out into the applications is what means layer tools. Right. Yeah. So the layer one is the fundamental level of the, that's the original blockchain. That's the Ethereum blockchain or the Bitcoin blockchain. And layer two are these applications that sit on top that take care of the actual like heavy computing that needs to happen, free up the computation resources on the original blockchain and make things work more efficiently and faster. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay, so and you guys are a layer two company. No. So yeah. what we are doing is, if you understand all of this, so you can see the other problem here. So you have layer one and you have multiple layer tools, right? Yeah. And you all share the same asset. Mm -hmm. So you share Ethereum between all these chains. So let's say there is layer 2A, layer 2B, and you have layer 1. So you have your Ethereum in your layer 1, or even in your Binance account, or even yeah. in Coinbase. And you want to move your Ethereum into this layer 2 application. Let's say it's some game. You want to deposit your Ethereum into this game, uh, okay. right? So what you have to do is you have to withdraw your amount from your, let's say, Binance to your layer 1 wallet, okay. like blockchain wallet. And then 
it's called bridging. Mm -hmm. So you bridge from layer one to layer two. Okay. So this is the regular process. It's actually a very horrible process for users. So we, this is one of the things that we solve. Uh, so what you can do with layers, well, you basically go to layers, well, select from where you want to move money to what is the destination, and we take care of everything, what is happening under the hood. So you do the bridging? Yeah, Got under it. the hood, yeah. Got it. So what is the primary problem that you guys are solving? Is it just making the whole process easier for the average user? Basically, we have two directions as a company. So yeah. first one is this consumer product, like problem yeah. with bridging. So yeah, we we have two problems that we are solving. It's, it's user experience that is horrible process for users. And yeah. also, it's very expensive. If you do like all these withdrawals or this bridging in your own, it's very expensive. And we also solve this problem with costs. So, so you, you make the transaction cheaper. Yeah, we make the trans transaction cheaper because we batch all those transactions we do some transaction pooling so uh, we end up paying less than they would pay if they are doing one transaction Got it. Yeah, and right. the second part of the problem is actually the problem that we discover during running LayerSwap and I think this is very important thing to note like as a startup you once you go deeper into some direction in your market, you can't have a perfect idea from a start, right? So you start discovering very new things, very new problems. Your problem is becoming more bigger, more shaped, more needy, more painful for everyone. So you are starting discovering all of this. And what we discovered is, let's say if you are an institution. Yeah. Let's say, basically, you are a centralized exchange or you are a market maker or you are a bank even who wants to use blockchain. So what it means for you is it means that you are going to deploy a lot of your capital in all these different layer two projects, like 100 mm. different layer two projects, if you want your users to interact with these layer twos, right? Right. So, and then you discover that as an institution, you, ha you will have a problem of managing this liquidity in these all layer two projects. And what it means is, let's say, if I'm a Binance, I support multiple layer twos. Okay. What it means is I allow my users to do deposit and withdrawals in layer twos, right? Okay. And different layer twos. So users will do deposit in one layer two and do withdrawals in another layer two. So you will end up running out of liquidity in a layer two when users done a lot of withdrawals. Oh, I see. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to detect this. You right. have to detect that right now you are running out of liquidity here. You have to move money from place that you have a lot of money to this right. layer two. And what usually institutions do, they hire, hire like some engineers or some like uh, operators that monitor this manually, decide yeah. when they have to move money. So this is the problem that we solve with them. We automate this process. Can you explain why there would be a liquidity issue? Why they have the liquidity like issue? Like for if people are moving money on layer two, it's their coins or tokens that they're they're moving, right? What causes there to be a liquidity issue? Like if the coins are there on the layer two, they could just take whatever they have out, right? Yeah, so let's say I have two users, like I'm centralized exchange. I have yeah. two users and I support two layer twos, Arbitrum and Optimism. I support both of them. Okay. So right now, my user depositing Ethereum in Arbitrum. Okay. So it is what it means is he transferred from his, his layer to Arbitrum account to, to our exchange. In exchange, I show him Ethereum, right? It's right. Ethereum. I don't show it's Arbitrum's Ethereum. Right. It's just Ethereum. And then... The second user want to do withdrawal. He has also he or she has also Ethereum, and he uh, want to do a withdrawal to Optimism. Okay. So 
if I want to do withdrawal to Optimus, I don't have Ethereum in Optimus, Got right? It. So this guy yeah. deposited in Arbitrum. Got it. So it means yeah. I have to pre-have, uh, like pre-deploy liquidity yeah. in the, all the chains that I, I support. Got it. Yeah. And then once users do deposit and withdrawals, I have to rebalance them so they keep in the same level. Right, right. So you make sure you have enough resources to yes. support it all. And you guys, what what do you do? You do you offer monitoring for uh, the we, resources? We or? automate the whole process. So you just enable our enterprise solution. Yeah. You just enable our enterprise solution, and basically it automatically detects when you are running out mm. of liquidity, and, and it also it. detects where you have more than enough liquidity, it. and it automatically move from here to there. So it manages the resources. Yes. Oh, interesting. Let's talk a little bit about applications that run on layer two, because I think a lot of people have heard of cryptocurrencies and the blockchain space as an investment opportunity, but are, uh, are less informed about what sort of applications run on blockchain today. Can you give us some examples of sort of average applications that people are using? I just NFT marketplace. NFTs, right? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make sense right now, honestly. Yeah. And the way you should think about this is you should think it's very early right now to understand what can happen with this technology, what, what kind of projects can be built in on top of this technology. Yeah. Yeah. The best example is right now maybe NFT marketplace, but there are some right now some promisable projects that are building games. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting about games, if you have if you played some games where there is a market inside the game yeah. where you can buy something and sell something, actually blockchain is very very good thing to do. It's very natural to solve your this marketplace with blockchain. With blockchain, yeah. yeah. So I think this there are right now a lot of games that are leveraging this. Yeah. And I think the next big thing is going to be these NFT games or whatever you call them, but the games that basically have an open market which is running in blockchain. An open market running on blockchain. Yeah. yeah. You said something really important earlier. You said right now we shouldn't be talking about the, the like dollar value of Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, etc. We should be focusing on building the technology that will one day make these things really valuable. So now we've seen you know a huge crash in the crypto market, and a lot of the people who really are are, are you know who really believe that blockchain will one day solve some real problems in the world. That's what they're sort of pressing on. That you know, what we should really be focusing on is building the technologies that will actually make this useful. What are some interesting things you're seeing in the space? Like, can you give us some some examples of uh, of some of those architectural solutions that are being worked on right now? Or or maybe even let's just define what the problems are. What are the things that need to be solved in order to to move this technology forward? Yeah, I think the biggest problem right now is uh, so again I will talk about technical problems. Yeah. I don't because I think you understand very well that there are maybe a lot of political issues, a lot of like resistance from right. all over the institution. So I can't talk about them. I I don't understand it, but I will talk about technical issues yeah. that we are facing, and there are basically two biggest issues, right? So the first issue is user experience. Yeah how users are interacting with all these blockchains, layer tools, and etc. This is part of the problem that LayerSwap is right now solving. And you know, basically, we've been running for uh, LayerSwap for more than six months, and I talked maybe with thousands of our customers, and like I, I looked at their issues, I tried to understand yeah. what they're... It's, it's, it's very fascinating, actually, because... You see, like, layer tools are maybe, like, a bit advanced technology for a regular user to use. 
but our users were using layer two technology, but yeah. you can expect from them to have like at least basic understanding of blockchain, right? Because they are yeah. using some like advanced things. It's no, hmm. no, no, no at all. So yeah. they, they don't understand anything from this technology. Even though they're in yeah. this space. And it is creating a lot of risks. So, I mean, if they don't understand, okay, they will learn. But the problem is the stakes are high. You right. you have your own money. And if you don't uh, understand the technology, you are ending to uh, ending to lose this money yeah. by the end of the day. So, yeah, it's very, uh, I don't know, like, for how many users we recovered their funds. We helped them to overall understand what they are doing. Yeah, but this is the biggest problem, actually, for mass adoption, I believe. The biggest is problem is... Education? Just like a knowledge level? No, I don't think it that way. Honestly, I think it's from opposite way. So you basically, you don't create a very complex iPhone, then say, okay, you are not using this because uh, you are not educated, like right? It's just too hard to use. Yeah, you, yeah. you should do the opposite. You should create a hardware that is very easy to use and people will use yeah. it. So I think the, the problem is more in technical side. Hmm. So we have to bring all these technologies into the level that is very easy for average user to use. Average consumer yeah. to use, yeah. Yeah, even something like sending sending currency from just one person to another, like my aunt or someone, is never going to figure out that this is the wallet address and they have to go to their wallet address and copy it and paste this like 26-digit, you know. It's just never going to happen. So building on top of this tech, like building the sort of human layer on top of the tech that makes it super easy for the average consumer to use is is what I think is super important. Yeah, it's yeah. very challenging, actually. So, and I think there are two ways that we can, e either we will solve this problem or blockchain and all these relative technologies no will, uh, I think they will become more infrastructure thing that will be used by banks. Yeah. And just then, yes, yeah, they just use the blockchain same technology because they have the same problems, right? Yeah. Like, let's say they have the same trust problem. Yeah. I mean, you used to do wire transfer for sure, right? Yeah. So how wire transfer use is like it forces a bank to have account in this intermediate bank. Yeah. This is the trust problem. They have this problem. Yeah. And if they run under the hood blockchain, is all these problems right. will be solved. So yeah, the second option is it will be adopted with. Uh, like bigger institutions yeah. and then we will just have the same banking applications but yeah, under yeah. the hood we have blockchain, have blockchain. Yeah. yeah so are you hopeful that th there's a lot of good work being done to sort of create as i said that human layer uh, for for blockchain tech it's inherently very hard problem to solve so i, I don't know honestly yeah yeah to be determined <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, let's get back to, to layer swap for a second. Um, uh, this a few months ago, I think you guys announced that you just raised a, an investment round. Um, how much have you guys raised in total? So we officially closed one point five million presid round. Right now, we that are was last year. Or when was the one point five million? About seven months ago. Okay. Yeah. And right now we are closing our seed round for five million. Uh, are you guys expanding the team in Armenia? How big are you guys now? So we are around fifteen engineers right now. Yeah, we are looking into expanding. We don't want to rush it right now, because if you if you look at uh, like a lot of companies are doing this very wrong, and then they are just laying off their employees. And uh, yeah. how, how it happens is that you get a lot of money and you oh, okay. So I have a lot of money. What I have to do? Uh, of course, I, I have to do hiring. Yeah. You start hiring like you're crazy, 
and then you end up not having a work to do with this car, like people. Yeah. yeah. So this very so we we are taking it a bit more slowly, and also the challenge for us is right now, any company is depending on a core team, right? Yeah. It's is and the core team is not two three people. It's at least like ten to fifteen people. Yeah, it's your engineering so, managers. Yeah, it's very very important to yeah. build this core uh, core yeah. team. So once you build a core team, okay, next you can hire like crazy. But right now, we we try to hire only the best. Yeah, and it's actually very horrible in our market for hiring. Is your entire team in Armenia? Yes. Yeah, I think another thing is with the current state of the market, especially for for startup funding, a lot of people are being a lot more conservative with uh, just their resource management because the next round might come later than than people have been used to for the last sort of 10, 11 years. Yeah, it depends how much you raised yeah. because it was very possible that we didn't raise this round at all. So we were prepared to that. Yeah. Actually, this is the second thing to do. So I'm like right now very proudly saying, oh, we raised, we are closing 5 million. But honestly, so we've been preparing for a couple of months for not raising at all. Mm-hmm. So we're preparing company, preparing ourselves for this situation. And yeah. you are very right. So in this case, we were super conservative on what we have to do, what we don't have to do. Yeah. 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 And recently you guys landed a pretty big uh, partner or a customer, I guess I should say, in Starkware. Can you talk a little bit about that? I still don't know how it happened. Yeah. So Starkware is basically valued more than eight billion. Yeah, it's huge amount of money. It's huge amount of it's it's huge company. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. So I was in Denver. I met someone from Starkware team. He was some uh, some guy from France. Uh, he was talking very fast. I was not understanding <laughs> anything what he, he was telling about. <laughs> And I was, I, I just honestly told him, I said, man, I, I don't understand anything you, you are telling me. Yeah. And he's, okay, so let's meet in the evening. We, we met in the evening. He drank like two or three beers and he was talking very good. I said to him, oh, you are talking <laughs> very good. <laughs> you should have this beer too more often. And then it's literally, it. we just casually talked about like a, a lot of random stuff. He was like, you know, I should like uh, introduce you to our CEO. I said, okay, please do. And yeah. then he introduced it to CEO of Starkware. I jumped into call, you know, I mean, I'm like small, uh, like company in Armenia, yeah. like some weird guy, like with, I don't know, it, it was super weird, but I was like, okay, I joined the call. Yeah. It was super, I don't know. It was super honest, super helpful, super... I, I don't know the, that kind of people, honestly. I, I was not imagining that th- this kind of discussion even could happen. Yeah. So it was very easy guy. He started talking about like what they are doing, ask yeah. some question, what you, what you are guys building. He actually tried Lairsfab before and he was like, oh, this is a very nice idea. We just talked around it. And this was the place, actually, our relationship began just between me and their CEO. We just started talking. I asked him a couple of questions weekly because he was, like, very good at fundraising yeah. and talking with VCs. And I was asking some advices from him. Yeah. We just built this relationship, which eventually ended up to having a relationship as a company. So yeah. 
And yeah, it's it was. I don't know what is it. I think like whenever I try to understand, because you have to try to understand, right? Because as a founder, you have to understand something. If what what happened, why it happened, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe it just comes to just persons, you know. It's 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 very maybe it's very harsh thing to say, but it's it's end up like being just how persons interact with each other. Like yeah, like you get lucky and two people just mesh and yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. So can you tell us a little bit about what exactly Starkware does and how they'll be using your technology? Oh, so Starkware is actually the kind of company that I wish that someday we will have a similar company in Armenia. So a lot of right now, a lot of founders in Armenia are talking about this, like uh, including founders of CRISP and many others. But I, I, I don't really like recall David talking about this. But yeah, so... It's very important to build a company on top of scientific value. Right, a deep tech it's, company. Yeah, it's very crucial t- thing to do because, okay, so I'm not telling anything bad. With LayerSwap, of course, we will reach some place, like maybe we will have 1,000 employees. Yeah, it's, it's not a problem, but there is some limit, right? Yeah. So you have to create, a, like, how to say it, like global value maybe, right? So right. you have to create some advancement which will end up being your company more like uh, solving more big problems and etc. So this is process that we should go. Yeah. And that's the one of the reasons that we want to fund the very first crypto research and development lab right now. I'm trying to... I have a guy... Uh, Maybe a lot of uh, listeners may know Aram Jivanyan. He yeah. is, yeah. So we are trying together actually to uh, wrap up very good uh, crypto lab here. It's super hard, honestly, because like, like a pure research lab that yeah, is academic. Yeah, work. pure research lab. The, the, some of the interesting things here is like even LayerSwap is going to fund this lab. Yeah. We decided on this that LayerSwap can never give any tasks to this lab. Right. So the lab so they is can going. Focus on the yeah, science. they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that LayerSwap can do is whatever we already done is uh, maybe introduce to some research lab someone from Starkware from yeah. research lab so they can guide us and etc. But there should be no any business interaction between right. these two entities, and this is very important yeah. because the research lab should be free to do whatever the fuck it's going to be want. a non-profit just yeah. pure academic yeah. lab yeah amazing have you guys already started building yeah. this out we we have right now one student right now already working for uh, this lab does that have a name hike no 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 the oh lab. The lab, then <laughs> yeah. there is no formal lab yet okay. <laughs> so there is no yeah. formal lab yet so yeah. it's we are just in the process so okay. the story was I called Aram, I said, okay, let's grab a coffee. So we grabbed coffee and I'm telling him, okay, right now, please find for me like 20 students that can work for this. Like they can do just purely. He was like, are you crazy? It doesn't exist at all. And I'm like, what? (laughs) How? It's very hard. So this is cryptography research, right? Yeah, Yeah, purely. Is Jivanyan involved in running the lab? Or yes. Because he's a PhD yes. in the space, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, he has PhD in this place. He's actually, he's inventor for a couple of very good cryptographic uh, solutions in yeah. the place. So he's very good at it, yeah. 
Is he gonna is he gonna be the one managing? Yes, one? yes. The initial pass is not final yet, but the initial pass. Right now he's managing this guy, but yeah, yeah in the future, in the long run, he is going to end up leading all everything. Yeah. Amazing. By the way, is this gonna be hosted in one of the universities in Armenia, or is it just gonna be a completely independent? Uh, I'm not sure. I will let this to Aram to okay. know what is the better. Yeah. Okay. What about educational initiatives? Like, do, are there is there a need for more master's programs or I don't know, more PhD funding to to make something like this work? I I don't know how how this is going to end up in uh, because I I don't want to depend a lot with uh, funding done from outside. So okay. it's very easy for me to just do funding as a company. So I know like how much I can contribute yeah. for how long. And it's it will make a process very easily. And also, there are a few crypto companies in Armenia that maybe they will want to participate, participate into in this. The funding, yeah. yeah, because you know it's 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 very good thing to do. And in couple of years, maybe it will be very good thing for uh, for the company as well. Because if this research lab just finds a simple op- optimization, very simple optimization, we can use this simple optimization to build something really cool. Yeah. Build something like Starkware. Even more than that, I mean, if you just have more organizations like that just working on pure research, then some of those people, as the team grows bigger, might move to industry and start doing research at a company like LayerSwap, or in the case of machine learning, they would go to Crisp and uh, I don't know several exactly. other companies. Yeah. So I think often people say things like, "Oh, how important science is for the development of the sector and the country and stuff." They sometimes I think don't really understand what the actual tangible value is. Yeah, they think of it as just sort of basic research that maybe will get used or maybe it won't. But a lot of these companies, the foundation of it is some scientific development that has taken place in a lab somewhere. Exactly. So having that activity in Armenia is super important. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. in case of a Starkware because yeah. I was astonished about this. Yeah. The Starkware was built just in over a simple optimization just yeah. very simple optimization scientific sim- yeah. optimization of course right now it has a lot of like advanced algorithms yeah. inside it it's very complex right now but initially it just started from a couple of few like improvements yeah. Yeah, it's super important. So we got sidetracked a little bit. Tell us exactly what LayerSwap will be doing for for Starkware. What, what's the collaboration? Oh, so basically, as they are layer two, Starkware is basically running a layer two. Got it. We are this infrastructure provider for their users, yeah. so we allow mm-hmm. their users to onboard into their layer yeah. two from centralized exchanges. And also, we are uh, infrastructure provider for any other institutions that want to work with Startnet. Got it. Okay, awesome. We're about ready to wrap up, but before we sat down for the podcast, we were talking about some stuff here about EVN Report, and you asked me this question I was super impressed with. Uh, You were asking me questions, and then at the end, you asked, is there anything I didn't ask that I should have? Do you think is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have asked you? <laughs> yeah, I think there there is one question, and the question is from where I learned that question. Oh, okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah, so in the last couple of years, oh, not couple, maybe two years, one point five years. What my daily job is, answering questions. So ask what uh, type of questions? Uh, questions from investors. Okay. Yeah, because if they do, if they uh, want answering to questions. Okay. Yeah, answering yeah, yeah. questions. Yeah. Imagine like it may be two or three people person in a day. Yeah. So for a year, right? Recently, it was a week ago, one a woman from one VC asked me this question 
after like all these discussions, he asked some questions, and then in the end, he asked this question, and I was, oh my God, what kind of question is this? <laughs> this is best question in yeah, the world awesome because question. you will owe your, uh, like whoever you are yeah. talking with, you will owe him to feel satisfied yeah. that if there is something that I missed, yeah. feel to free to say. Yeah. It's super important question. Yeah, no, I was really impressed. So I'm going to start yeah. using it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good yeah. thing. Okay, and my last question, um, where do you hope to see layer swap in the next five to ten years? So we, I think we already have the the, the direction that we are moving, uh, and it's very uh, very established direction, I believe. Like basically providing the infrastructure, and uh, yeah, I think that there are a few things that I I want to accomplish. There, basically, I want our infrastructure to be used by the biggest centralized exchanges. We have some traction on this. We basically talked with Kraken, Gemini, with Binance. And they are very interested on this. We don't have a deal yet, but yeah, but we are moving forward on this direction. Yeah. And I, I think in in five years, uh, I, I at least want to be in at least in top ten exchanges. Layers of should be used in their infrastructure. In their infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. All right. This was a really fun conversation, and I learned a lot from it. And I'm I'm really thankful. And I I hope we'll have a chance to do it again in the future. Yeah, sure. All right. Th thank you so much. Th thank you so much, uh, Mr. John. It's it was really pleasure to talk with you. I hope it was fun. It was very it was fun, fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's a lot of things that people can take away from this, yeah. even not just the from the technical side, but just from your your yeah, experience I'm and your <laughs> journey. <laughs> yeah, just shooting yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I think you, you you should also say to not take it too seriously. It's sure. just a game, okay. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. You very much. much.